Everything. It's a kung fu. It's a kung fu. It's a kung fu. Welcome to Everything is Kung Fu. I have an amazing panel with me. But I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let them introduce themselves. So I will let them take it away. All righty. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Mike Graves. I'm a um, Chinese martial arts uh, practitioner. Um, I practice three arts, um, Tai Chi Chuan, um, Xingyi, and uh, Bagua. Primarily is Tai Chi. I've been doing it for about 25 years. Um, I teach at a uh, local university, but primarily I teach it for the kinesiology program there. Um, just started picking up some uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to add to the mix. Um, um, aside from that, I'm just glad to be on the panel. Um, you guys are very uh, uh, accomplished and I've been watching your videos and everything. So I feel like I'm very honored just to be amongst this crowd here. So nice to meet you all. Hi, my name is Abdul Azim. Uh, I'm a practitioner of Chinese, Filipino, and Russian martial arts. I have a school in Lake City, as well as uh, Lake City, Washington, Seattle, and also in Fez, Morocco. Um, and I'm I'm honored to be on the panel with everyone. I've seen your videos. You're very accomplished masters, and much respect. I feel like I shouldn't even be here, so I appreciate it. All right, peace. My name is Damont Stith, and I have been training martial arts since I was a young, young lad. Um, started off in uh, East Asian martial arts and transitioned into researching uh, African and Afro-diasporic martial arts. Um, I have a, a number of interests, but my main focus as far as like uh, uh, armed and unarmed combat goes would be uh, Capoeira, 52 blocks. Um, I train in uh, 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 North African or Algerian stick fighting, uh, uh, Haitian and Colombian machete. These, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but those are kind of some of my main areas of focus. So it's an honor to be here. Um, can't wait to get the discussion rolling and to learn more about you guys. Uh, yeah, well, I'm John Satbury. Uh, I go by many names because I have several personalities. I am a martial artist, been doing it since I saw it on TV, and I saw it at an age that I probably was too young to see it. So I've been doing it for a long time. I am old, but uh, I prefer to not look old, but sometimes I might look like I'm on vacation. I uh, am a fight choreographer and a martial arts instructor, but I focus mostly on fight choreography. Um, I am a teacher by hire. If you can find me and you want me to teach you, I will teach you. But during a pandemic, I'm not teaching unless somebody is like, please, 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 and stay away from me. We will train with spears or staffs because we have to social distance. But uh done you know some film stuff you know movie stuff and that type of thing live performances trained to be a pro wrestler at one point in my life i've done a lot of martial artists i'm like i'm a wandering martial artist there's not one you know i mean yeah a little bit of everything 
All right. Well, thank you guys for those uh, introductions. So let's uh, let's get into the first question. And you're kind of almost teased at it a little bit there, John. Um, so the first question is, what is it that got you interested to learn martial arts? And what got you to stick with it? As teachers, y'all know, everybody quits. All right. So what got you to stick with it? What got you interested in it? And what got you to stick with it? Well, for myself, um, going back to John's point, I was really young when I first got introduced to it. And um, I came from a, a single uh, uh, parent home, my mom, um, and then I had an older brother, uh, seven years older than me. Um, he took me down on a Saturday matinee with three movies for like a dollar or something like that, uh, something like that. And they, um, I was only impressed, oh, I was impressed by all of them, but it was like the one that I saw that really stuck in my mind. So the, the, the headliner was the Bruce Lee movie, Big Boss, but before that was Bruce Lee's Dynamo. And then in the middle of that was this movie by the Shaw Brothers called, at the time it was called um, The Four Assassins. They changed the name later on to Marco Polo. And I, at six years old, it was like, blew my mind. I was like the training regiment, all the, you know, the, the rites of passage. And so it just stuck in my mind. I never, uh, learned martial arts at a young age. Yeah, I didn't find the access. I, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. That's where I'm from. And Fort Bragg had a lot of uh, Japanese martial arts around for sure. But I was very focused on Chinese martial arts. So it never came to me. And I got to add to it, I was an asthmatic child as well. So I couldn't really play sports. And every time I did, you know, I have the asthma attacks. And so be sidelined, you know, and things like that. Um, but um, it stuck in my mind to go out in the backyard. I remember breaking a broomstick, making my first nunchucks, teaching myself how to do that, you know, trying to flips in the backyard, all that good business. But not until later, until like I was about 25 years old, I was in England. And by chance, I was actually for marriage counseling. Uh, my, mar my wife and I was going to do uh, something together. And we were downtown um, in this, uh, north of England and saw this flyer with this guy teaching Tai Chi. And I had a book about all the different types of martial arts and she knew of it from her mom. Um, so I kind of grabbed the flyer and then I took it. She didn't end up going. I went the first day. The guy uh, kind of just had me stand strong. He put his hands on me and I bounced backwards. Like, what the heck? Look, I tried it again. He did it again and it blew my mind. Um, he didn't teach any martial stuff of, of Tai Chi. It was all structured stuff, but he put me onto a guy um, um, that was just switched on to fighting across the board. He did the uh, Lonsdale boxing with his dad and um, all the other different kind of martial arts from karate, Shotokan, Taekwondo. And he picked up Tai Chi later on and he was just very in tune to it. And that's where I got it. And from training with him, um, it, it was just a journey and I couldn't let go of it because it was something when I was a child, I wanted strictly a Chinese martial arts. And it just came at a time when I wasn't even looking for it. You know? um, and so from that point on, I mean, I, the attachments that I had to the people that I learned from uh, um, would just kind of just kind of start to you know, magnify. Um, and that was it really, that was just submitting me to my journey and, and to my love to what I do right now, just because the way it came about when without me even purposely looking for it just happened at the right time. So it was meant to take the opportunity. So that's the short and long story. <laughs> Uh, how I got into martial arts. Uh, the short answer is I was sick of getting beat up going through all the gang territories in my neighborhood. So I'm going to be flat out honest with you. You know, it was the height of the crack boom. It was like 1983, you know, crack cocaine was huge. And, you know, people were just, you know, 
getting their butt kicked left and right. You know, you, you wear the wrong color. You might get shot and killed. You might get stabbed a whole nine yards. And, and I was, I came home pretty busted up one day and I begged my dad, uh, to, to try to learn something. <clears throat> and, you know, my dad, God rest his soul. He was a world war two vet, Korea vet and a Vietnam vet. So my dad was like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to box. So that was my first experience in the martial arts. I, you know, I never watched like the black belt theater, the Chinese Kung Fu movies, which it was very popular. Don't get me wrong, but it was never really, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't interesting to me because when I saw it, I was just like, Oh, you know, that's, that's really cool. I was, you know, I was kind of more of the nerdy kid watching star blazers and Japanimation cartoons. I was, I was that kid. Right. And, you know, one day I came home pretty busted up and I begged my dad to try to learn something. He started teaching me how to box. And as I got a little older, he was like, now I'm going to teach you how to use this weapon that I learned in Malaysia called the karambit. So I started learning how to use the hook knife karambit. And that really sparked my journey into martial arts. And then that's how I got into Chinese Kung Fu, Chile Foot. And started training that, did that for over 20 years, got into that in the middle of my Chinese Kung Fu training. I really got into the Filipino Eskrima, uh, Balintawak in particular. And, you know, I went back and forth to the Philippines, constantly training. And, you know, even though we did uh, solo the stone, which is one stick, double uh, the stone, uh, two sticks, my main focus was learning all the blade work. I really liked the sticks. I thought the sticks were great. And I really love that. But the machete and the blade is what I gravitated to. So I really dug deep to really learn how to work that silent weapon. Um, but yeah, that that was in a nutshell. It was just like I was sick of getting beat up as a kid. So I had to learn how to fight surgically. Yeah, that's that's cool to hear because of what I hear, um, I see uh, what what Brother Mike and Brother Azim said earlier resonates with me because I hear a lot of my story and their story. So I started off, um, I started off as a kid, you know, being interested in um, my dad. Like the legend, the legend says, my dad gave me a, um, a a toy sword at the age of six, and you know, I, I played with the sword until it disappeared and you know, that kind of awakened this like desire to like learn more about, you know, uh, warrior culture. I didn't really have the vocabulary, like say martial arts. It was like anything that has to do with like swords and people, you know, fighting and doing stuff against all odds. And that kind of sparked it for me. Um, later on, it started to, because, uh, you know, that was our, our um, weekend ritual was, um, you know, Kung Fu theater, wrestling, whatever action flick was hot at the time. And then you would go outside with my friends and we would like reenact that and beat the hell out of each other and run around and do all that stuff. You know, my big brother was a, you know, really introduced me to the, the martial arts films. And um, some of our, you know, some of my, my earlier best moments was, you know, remember watching some of these, these shows like Sharky's Revenge and um, the, 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 what is it? The, uh, the, the, oh, the, it was like, uh, it was my first drunken boxer, but it was, uh, it wasn't Jackie Chan. It was actually the uh, lady who was blinded and she had to drink, she had to drink alcohol in order to like, you know, cure the poison, stop the poison. And that was like my, when I remember seeing her move, I was like, man, it's like a really, you know, out in the street, you know, we were slap boxing and playing around. I'm, I'm doing my, my, my Sunday morning drunken boxing with these, with the kids. And they're like, wow, what's that? But, um, um, you know, so I, 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 
I cultivated that love for that, you know, really early on through cinema and um, what was really important for me because I, I also was uh, very, was asthmatic as a, as a youth. And um, I uh, went out for football as a, when I was what, in third, third grade. And I did this to like, you know, to impress my stepdad because his stepdad was really into sports and it's kind of like a thing in, in the community is like, if you, if you don't do certain things, you kind of look, you know, you get kind of like that kind of that side eye look, you know, so um, I joined the football team and, you know, I was fast and I could do things, but again, I had no air, I had no breath. And then my coach, I mean, he didn't, he didn't do anything to help me to, to learn to cultivate that. I mean, this was a, you know, this was, this was like, <laughs> he was a, a straight up eighties coach, you know, handlebar mustache, that cap, those tight shorts, tucked in white shirt, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I came, I had to, um, I had to uh, quit, quit. Cause it, you know, I was, I was skipping practice and lying to my parents about what I was doing. And then finally just kind of all caught up to me. And my, you know, my parents told me like, Hey, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to uh, talk to them and, you know, turn in your gear. And I did the whole walk of shame, walked on the field with my gear, you know, my, you know, cause I was really excited about having my armor, you know, and I'm like, I go to coach and I'm like, Hey coach, he's like, he's stiff, you know, you know, suit up. I'm like, I can't coach. He's like, you know, I, I can't breathe. I got asthma. And um, he was, he dismissed me basically called me a sissy and, you know, I'm nine years old, you know what I'm saying? And this is a grown man. So, you know, I left football, I left football practice and I'm on my bike and I'm passing by the youth center. And automatically I went into the youth center, signed up for my first official karate class at, at nine, you know? Um, and from there, um, again, I'm a quiet, I'm a quiet kid um, and dealing with bullies and dealing with, 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 you know, males trying to establish a certain pecking order. You know, I didn't have, even though I had an older brother who was like, you know, he was like 10 years older than me. So I couldn't really call him in for like backup to deal with stuff like that. So, you know, I was pretty much on my own. So I had to be able to like handle myself. I never really started stuff, but like I had to be able to, to handle stuff. So martial arts, you know, that was my armor. You know what I'm saying? That was my armor. Like I didn't do football, I didn't do basketball, but I punched, I kicked, I ran, I, you know, I trained and um, everything around me was an inspiration. You know, even though, like I said, I started, I started doing karate, but I was still very much being influenced by, by, um, everything else that was around me. So, yeah. Sorry, my cat is all over me. <laughs> Martial artists love cats. Um, <laughs> um, I, I uh, and I love hearing these stories, man. I wish we was all in the same place, you know. Um, <clears throat> I, it, you know, it's it's going to be a similar thing, you know, with, with kind of uh, all of us, I believe, uh, because we 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 the, we the real deal, kind of, you know um i started yeah saw a martial arts my first martial arts movie i want to say was actually enter i think my aunt had enter the dragon and return of the dragon on the same betamax uh tape and i watched them back to back to back to back right and uh anyway so i got you know and, and uh, i just i just i liked i could imitate <laughs> I thought I was perfectly imitating everything I saw on screen. I was in single digits. 
I was not imitating everything perfectly, but I felt pretty good about it and I, and I kept it up. And uh, um, I actually didn't start taking martial arts until I was about 15 or 16. But by the time I did that, it's like I had already taught myself how to do the martial art I took was like 75, 80% hands. At 15, I thought martial arts was kicking because I was a child. So I had already taught myself how to do jump, you know, spinning, blah, 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 blahs, right? And I get in there and my teacher's like, we don't do that here. You know, I'm like, what? You know, I was so, it, that was the best thing for me because I taught myself how to kick. Sure, I couldn't kick perfectly, but learning how to use my hands like that, man, that was, I, I'm so happy that I found that teacher who I could walk to from school after school. Uh, uh, yeah, I used to make my, my, my dad hold the video camera and film me. I was choreographing fight scenes in single digits because uh, I wanted to do what they did on TV. And, and um, you know, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't want to be Luke Skywalker. I wanted to be in the movie with Luke Skywalker, whooping Skywalker's ass and Darth Vader's ass. You know, it's like, like when it comes to cosplay, I, I want to make my character type, type of, I'm that type of person. Not that that's a better type of person. Maybe it's because I'm just not talented enough to make my own suit. No, I just, you know, I like creating stuff. Um, and I became a headhunter, an, an arrogant asshole headhunter, nice guy. But asshole in the, in the sense that I was a child, I was arrogant and I wanted to know that I could hit somebody in the face. There was nothing more satisfying to me than being able to hit a grown man in the face when he doesn't want to be hit in the face. And y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Because it's a game of chess. It's a game of chess. I don't necessarily have to hit, hit the person hard, but just being able to do it, you know? Um, and I became a headhunter. I put I named, put everybody on the list and I cross them off when I, you know, thought I did better against them than they did against me and type stuff. And it got to the point where my dad eventually sat me down and was like, look, you know, you, you go around fighting or whatever, you know, eventually somebody gonna, gonna shoot you. I mean, you, you gotta be ready for the consequences. Jail, somebody coming after you, shooting you, you know, whatever, right? And luckily enough, like very soon after that, a martial arts banquet came up and me and my brother in martial arts at the time did a fight scene at the banquet and that shit went over like rover and i was like so you mean to tell me i can fight but not fight don't hurt anybody and everybody loves to watch it like i don't go to jail or nothing this is the shit fight choreography baby that's you know and i was like hell yeah let's do that you know let's still keep up you know keep everything sharp you know, challenge, you know, fight, you know, but fight choreography was wh where my heart went from, from then on. And, um, you know, that's, that's just, that's, that's kind of been me, you know, stage and, and film when I can. I love stage uh, because you mess up on stage, you, you got to pull yourself out, you know, and that's, anyway, anyway, that's me. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys for, for sharing your stories. And I, I want to piggyback off of what John's father told him. Because because uh, that's some real real advice, particularly for a black male, right? So the question is, you can't hide the fact that you're black, right? Now, do you ever hide the fact that you're a martial artist when you're interacting with someone? Because you get the vibe that some people automatically assume you're violent. So what goes through your mind when you're in that kind of position? Well, for me, I'm, I'm similar to what John kind of mentioned, and you know this too, Santino. I mean, I'm not very available 
to people as a martial arts instructor. You know, um, it's kind of my, it's a hobby that birthed into something that everybody's paid attention to, if you will. But, I, you know, I've never pushed out to have a school or have, you know, to pursuit of, of students per se. That being said, then most people don't know, have no clue that I'm a martial artist unless it comes up by subject or something of that nature. You know, and, you know, when people do find out, it's like I'm kind of most the most unassuming guy, you know what I mean? Minority voice, I'm a computer programmer, you know what I mean? That those two don't match, you know what I mean? Then, you know, people unfold the layers and then, you know, you do martial arts, oh, you DJ, oh, you draw, you do, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's like, yeah, they don't see it because I don't expose it out there because it's just part of like, even for this, um, you know, the, the stuff that I do has only been for myself. And if people want to learn how I got to here, then I'll, I'll share it with you freely open. You know, I don't charge anybody for anything. You know that too as well. It's just, uh, um, so the way I carry myself, I think has improved my interaction with people across, uh, you know, the, the, you know, I would say the races because I approach people the way I carry myself, you know, with a sense of confidence and a sense of, of uh, a surety about, you know, what I'm going to do and what I can say, you know what I mean? It's that, that kind of that integrity that you have. So my approach to people is not necessarily threatening. Now, I don't know if my voice was deeper or I was bigger in stature because I'm only five, seven. So, you know, I, you know, people just don't see me, but similar once I'm in action, that's when folks are like, oh crap, I didn't know you could do that. You know, so, so it's kind of a total different thing. So for me, it hasn't never been a, a uh, and I also want to backtrack real fast because I started this when I was in England, as opposed to being here in America and coming and, and learning it. So uh, this is also kind of what triggered the conversation. Um, you know, I was around a guy, um, he's an English white guy in North of England. Uh, we bonded like this and just kind of really enmeshed in took me under his wing, but we got so close, but he was, you know, had this personal conversation. He said to me, Hey, I, I don't want to offend you, but I, I have to ask this, you know, and then keep in mind, this is uh, after all the Rodney King stuff had happened and everything like that over here. Uh, he said, I, I, I've never been around a black person to be this low about, you know, I don't know what to call you if I want to describe you. because I think black is offensive, but I don't, you know, I know that colored is offensive. So how do you like to be referred to be called? Because I don't want to feed you, but I don't know, you know, um, because he had a, his own dynamic. He had our story, but as a white English guy, you know, beat up and, and then, you know, gangs coming after him. He's fighting in the street and stuff like that, getting in trouble. But it was different. You know what I mean? So when I kind of try to tell him about my experience and, and what we're about as far as America and, and the, me learning this stuff, it's because, you know, where I came from, I came from North Carolina. So North Carolina is yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Uh, and I wanted to escape that. That wasn't going to be my life. And I still see it in my family there. You know, everybody's kind of have this kind of, um, you know, this hierarchical view, you know, uh, and race, uh, race related. Over there, I felt more connected. We didn't even, that was later on in years that we even had this kind of conversation because we were so connected uh, on what we were doing. You know what I mean? We we're so connected on this. Just as we got closer, he felt that, you know, that, that conversation he wanted to have, if you will. But my experience is, is more when I came back here, I saw the segregation, you know, what I mean? even in San Antonio. You know what I mean? There's these group of people over here. The blacks are here, the Mexicans are here, you know what I mean? And you're like, you know, you feel, I, I, that's still to this day, I feel more foreign 
and more uh, um, separated than I did over there as far as being my, you know, my race and learning this stuff, you know, but it's never had a direct effect on it because again, I don't present myself as such. So when people see it like yourself, Sanchanu, they just came and say, hey, how do you learn? How did you do that? Show me how you did that. And so, you know, that's been my, my experience in that, re in that particular regard. Okay. Okay. For me, I, you know, um, I'm pretty introverted, you know, um, to be honest, I never wanted, I never wanted to get into teaching. I kind of got talked into it, you know, and, um, I don't want this to sound bad, but like, for me, it's like, it's kind of like the mob in order to get into the mob, you got to know someone that knows someone to vouch for you and everything, you know, to get, to get to me. And that's how it was for me to get to my teachers as well. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't really keep too many friends. You know, uh, I was raised by my, my father, you know, my, my mother and father separated when I was very young and I was raised by my dad and my dad was a soldier. You know what I mean? He rarely taught. He didn't speak much. You know what I mean? You know, who would speak after serving in World War II, Korea and Vietnam? Who's going to really speak? Right. So you, me and my father were very close, but we didn't have like that where we would dialogue and, and do all that stuff. It was like, you do what you're told, you handle your business and you stand upright. That was, that was my dad. Um, now, as far as people knowing that I'm a martial artist, I, I really don't, you know, voice things like that. I, I pretty much keep that to myself. I'm kind of old school in that fashion because people know you're a martial artist, a martial artist, they want to test. You know what I mean? And I've been tested several times in my school, you know, and and you come to my school, you're leaving in a stretcher. I'm, I'm just I'm just going to tell you that right there. And it's not being arrogant. It's just like, you know, it's it, it, it you're 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 switching on something by coming in my domain with your chest puff, puffed out because this is the opposite of who I am. Like if I go into someone else's school or I'm invited no, ma no matter what my level is, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and let that master teach. You know, this is not my my place to do that, you know, unless he asks me. And even if he asks me, I'm going to turn the individual down because that's not my school. Right. Um, so just, you know, and, and I have that that Islamic frame of mind to, to really be to really treat life as if you're a stranger passing through it. You keep your head down. You're respectful to everyone and you treat everyone uh, the same, like the tooth of a comb, you know what I mean? So I really try to live my life like that. So it doesn't really matter who you are, where you're from, it, your ability speaks. So we have a lot of people that, well, I'm grandmaster such and so, or I'm guru such and so, I'm master this. I don't give a shit who you are. Your skills need to talk. You know what I mean? Because you can be grandmaster, PhD, poop, bob, whatever, and you can't fight your way out of a paper bag. You know what I mean? So, and it's not a matter of arrogance, but sometimes these titles are just given out because you pay the, the top dollar for it, right? And then some some jerk off may come over and test that title, right? So it's just kind of like, you know, when you put yourself out there on Front Street all the time, in my personal opinion, this is just me. You know, it's one thing like brother, brother John does the fight choreography. That's his business. That's his life. That's his livelihood. And that's awesome because... We all like seeing things like that, the action. And, you know, that's dope. That's dope shit, right? But then you get other people that just want to throw video after video after video because, oh, look at me, look at me, look how I'm doing this, this, and this. And it's just kind of like, okay, that's fine if that is bringing you up. 
but let your skills do your talking. And what I mean by that is if you have students, bring them up to become better than you. And that shows your ability if you're a master or a true master, because now your students by your teaching have passed you, which is the point. And that's what makes you a master. That's my humble opinion. Respect, respect. Um, ah, wow. So uh, for me, uh, gosh, so whether whether I, it's hard for me. Well, let me say this. Uh, martial arts for me, going back to my story, I always had I always had this 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 difficulty this difficulty with like masculinity like what that meant like growing up as a youth uh, because I was really really slim really quiet like it put a target on me right so um, typically you know most people didn't bother me but if they did bother me oh, those were those times that I really I had to I had to um, I had to fight and I, I didn't have anybody for backup so sometimes my backup was going to be a broom or whatever else I could find that was my backup you know when I was a kid so like now whether I whether I broadcast if I'm a martial artist or not I think what as an adult what I always try to do is I want to want to be a lion and walk like a lion. And whether I do martial arts or whatever else, I wanna go through life um, walking surely, walking confidently and letting people feel that about me. Um, so that kind of dictates kind of how, how I try to walk through life and how to carry myself. Um, I, um, I, I teach, because and I've all and I this is one thing that I've always known that I wanted to do was to share what I knew what I know so even when I was like I was getting my my uh, karate classes um, and I was one of those kids just like I could barely afford the classes um, didn't have a gi you know training training uh, with these guys that you know had everything and you know um, just kind of coming up in that but I would always and I probably didn't have any business doing this but you know, after I after a lesson, I go to my neighborhood and I'm sharing what I learned in class with my friends. And, you know, my mom asked me when I was nine, she's like, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? And, you know, I I told her, you know, because, you know, show Kazuki, I was like, yeah, I want to be a ninja assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an assassin <laughs> at nine, you know, so she would she would kind of check in on me to see how I was going with my in my in my career choices. But I did know at nine that I did I I enjoyed I enjoyed sharing. I enjoyed the lessons that I had gotten, even though I didn't really I feel at the time like I really just wanted to like I really wanted to like punch and kick and flip. Really, I didn't want to do katas or nothing like that. I wanted to like get in and bang and do all that stuff. But um, I did value the information I was giving getting and wanted to share that with people. So again, like I said, I try to walk through life um, humble with confidence um, and try to help people, you know, try to give the, try to share the gifts that martial arts has, you know, given me. And just kind of, again, a, a lot of, a lot of what you guys have been saying earlier resonating really strongly. It's really good to hear that here, especially, you know, uh, Brother Azim, when you're mentioned about, 
you know, titles and, you know, your actions and your skills being able to speak more so than, than titles, because as a person, you know, I don't really have any titles, you know what I'm saying? Like I have, I have my lessons that what I have, what I can do. And it's really, you know, it was really, if I'm going to be vulnerable, it's really difficult kind of being in the position that I am, you know, as a, you know, African martial art, whatever, you know, whatever people want to say, but again, not having those titles and not having that kind of, you know, having to bait, having it to be based solely on my, my physical abilities or on my, you know, what I've learned, you know, and it's reassuring to hear, you know, competent people, you know, that are seeing that, you know, yeah, it's good to have, it's good to have connections, you know, with people, you know, but at the same time, it's also really good to be able to, to execute in time, you know, what you're learning, being able to apply that. So, you know, big respect for that, but yeah, that's, that's my answer there. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, all right. I'm gonna see if I can remember the question, but also uh, uh, something that Asim said about, uh, well, let me, let me, my, my, my rebuttal on my, my take on that uh, from what he said, and then, then y'all will probably figure out what I'm talking about, what I'm referring to. Um, I, I was because I was a child. I was a child. Uh, I, 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 you know, like I, I would go around and I would be that person who would come up. Maybe not necessarily go up in someone else's school and challenge. I've never done that. Well, me and De never mind. Me and Demond did something stupid one time. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I, you don't look at me like that. Uh, but I was definitely the person who would. Um, if I overheard someone had some skills, I'd be like, oh, let me, I'm a, I'm a you know, you know what I'm saying? Go seek that person out, not to hurt them, just to challenge myself. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I, I really wasn't really, I didn't really like hurting people, to be honest with you. I'm the quickest, I'm the, I'm the first person to apologize uh, if, if I feel, unless, 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 the, unless, you know, depending on the situation. Um, but, uh, but now, like that was then. Now I'm, cause I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm the type of person like, the, uh, when I went back into my school uh, years later, uh, the, my brother in martial arts who I did the fight scene with was one of the instructors. That's how much later I went back, right? And I went in there and I sparred with some of their students and I, and I uh, you know, I, I, you know, they were students. So I was okay with kind of beating them around a little bit. But when it was time to spar with that guy, when I left, I was kicking his ass. As a, he's teaching now, I went up in there I don't know how good he is, but my what I, I basically in, in a roundabout way through the fight. If I hadn't thrown the fight, I'm, it's a possibility I still would have lost. But I know for sure that it's like this is your teacher. I'm gonna let him do his shit on me in this sparring match. You know what I'm saying? I didn't come. You know, I, 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 so I it was something that you said, Aziz, that that got me thinking about that. You know, you know, you gotta respect. I I, I now have way more respect for just you know. Uh, but um, as far as like being a, I, I, I uh, the Return of the Dragon. If anybody's seen, of course y'all have seen it. Uh, there's a part in that movie that describes me pretty well. Uh, there's a part where Bruce Lee is, is sitting at the table. Uh, he just gets there in the restaurant, and and the guy's asking about back home. And there's a part where he goes, "I'm not, you know, I don't know much about the city. I see in the country." He that is kind of me. I love talking about martial arts. I love talking about fight choreography. Um, I don't, 
watch UFC and all that stuff. I don't like to see people just beating the hell out of each other and stuff like that. But I like the physical. I like learning. I like I'm a sharer, you know, and and maybe that does get me on people's radar in the wrong way sometimes, you know. Uh, try to stay away from people like that now, you know, but um, because uh, yeah, people will try to challenge you and stuff like that. But but uh, yeah, I am I am uh, a, I'm a black martial artist who will talk to you about martial arts at the drop of a dime. Um, and I am also five, I'm five seven, five seven and a half. But um, I have been. Yeah, I got stories about people being afraid of me for no goddamn, for no good reason, you know. And I and I think it has something to do with just being, you know, uh, racially insensitive because I don't get it from black folk. So anyway, that's my that's my thing on it. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. And um, once again, I'm going to piggyback off of what John said here. Uh, let's talk about the race stuff. Let's let's get down into it because. Um, I think this is this part of the discussion is is going to be something that will perk ears, and can be con can seen as a controversial thing. What are your guys's thoughts when you hear well-intentioned people saying things like "I'm colorblind" or "All lives matter"? Racist code. Well, <clears throat> okay. I'm normally obviously quiet, but I'm very politically charged sometimes, you know, and very, uh, and again, like I said, I, I kind of escaped that kind of mentality when I left to North Carolina. To me, North Carolina, you know, the whole, you know, Eastern, Southern sea, uh, seaboard states to me are still in the, you know, the Jim Crow mining state and stuff like that. Uh, when I hear people uh, say that, you know, obviously that's directly my thought is that's the way they think that, you know, they still think the same old way. They still think that, uh, you know, we need, we have our place, they have their place and things of that nature. Right. Um, now, when it's someone that I know, I always try to take the opportunity to have dialogue. And the reason why I say that, you know, I come from, uh, uh, I was in the military uh, for like 14 years, but I was in um, signal intelligence. And signal intelligence, you know, you get to see a lot of conversations, communications, and then, you know, to the where we are right now, I can say, you know, being part of that, of where we have metadata, where you can search on the word and it gives you everything related to it. That was my job back in the day. So I always understood about the context of communication, the way messages are passed. And I'm going to say this really quickly. The reason why this is important about my military service. I had a young guy that came, um, that sat and worked beside me. Uh, and I was about to transition out, go to another place. And he was training uh, under me. And it was just me and him on this one position off to the side and things like that. And I'm married. And sometimes I'll have food. I bring my food in, offer him food. You know, he, sometimes he'll take, sometimes he wouldn't. You know, and I'm training him, I'm showing different stuff and some things he'll get right away. So if not, I'll try another way of explaining it to him and everything like that. So we just have this good working relationship. One day, um, you know, he came in, he was looking kind of funny. He said, well, you know, I, I need to have a talk with you. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, he goes, yeah, um, it's not about work, but I have to tell you something. He goes, well, I come from Tennessee 
And before coming into the military, I've never been around a black person before. Um, you know, my family, you know, we had our view of it. We thought everybody was the same. They're all, you know, bad criminals. Then I go to <clears throat> basic training and people knew it, knowing that started to pick on me. The black guys would call me names they'll make fun of me. They may feel this, that, and the third, right? And he said, so that made my hate for them grow. He said, um, when I got here with you, I'm like working side by side with you. And I was like, oh God. He said, but and these dudes that start crying. He said, you changed my thought. You changed the way I feel. The way you treated me was, you know what I mean? And just, you know, it makes me feel funny even thinking about it now because I'm reflecting on this young guy. Because after that, the dude would shout my name and talk to other people and about his experience. And I always thought it depends on how you're in the, And so I come with them the same kind of, and I said, it's not for everybody because you got to know the person, you got to know the people. We're in a work environment. So he had the opportunity to see me and, uh, and my nature without that. Most times we're seeing people in that situation, you know, where they're as, it's, it's, uh, it's brought right to you and it's combustible. You don't get the opportunity to kind of, 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 of to calm things down because everybody's already at their peak. So it's hard to do that because then it brings you to your peak and, and you know there's no kind of dialogue in that. But when I'm, I have someone that I know, it allows me to have that that conversation, it allows me to have that communication. I can get to see what their context is. Not that we need to come to a meeting of minds because it's easy for me just to say, all right, that's then that just shows your true colors. But again, I grew up in North Carolina. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, white people in that case that leans that way even to this day. My best friends I grew up with, ROTC with, we went into the military together. We hung out with day to, day in and day out. But that's their their perspective is on that scope. They see the law and order. They became police officers, and you know, so their viewpoint, you know, is always a conversation for me to have with them on to why that, and I can share to them why my 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 conversation is the way it is. But uh, it's difficult because I know them as a person and I know when they've helped people, you know, outside of their color, not without question, but in the people that they have as friends. So it's, it's a, it's a challenging one. When I don't know someone, then I, you know, I kind of let their words and their actions speak for themselves. But when it's someone I know, I, it's a little bit more of an intimate conversation that we can have. So and that's my whole thing of bringing up that whole story. We got to have an intimate relationship and I got to see what birth that thought and you know what I mean? So, I'll shut up now and let everyone kind of get in on that. So, well, you know, for me, for what you were saying, brother, you know, uh, colorblind or all lives matter to me, that's just racist code for my life don't mean shit. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be flat out honest. I'm pretty sure that there are people out there that do believe that. Don't get me wrong. But in this, in this United States of America, this culture, we are culturally conditioned to believe that white is superior and everything else that isn't white is inferior, period. So when you hear this all lives matter or, or this, this is always coming from the people who are not marginalized. You know, I'm a marginalized race. You know, I am biracial. I, first of all, I identify as black, bottom line, but I am biracial. I come from two different ethnic backgrounds. Um, so, you know, I, I understand that maybe a lot of that comes from a good place. But when you have never experienced what I've had experienced, like, you know, you're driving a car, the police pull you over, you get a ticket. Police pull me over. That might be my last day on earth. 
Okay. So, you know, I always hear this, you know, uh, all lives matter, but all lives can't matter until black lives do, man. Bottom line, you know, it's like Breonna Taylor was killed a year ago and no one has gotten arrested. No one has been held to account. Now, this this jerk off that killed George Floyd, they're trying to drop charges on this guy. That is your perfect definition of white privilege, and it's bullshit. Now, if it were me, John, Damon, Mike, if we did anything, they would throw us under the jail. We would we would get the death penalty. We would get killed. You know, come on, man. It's, and it just really makes me absolutely sick that this to, you know, 2021 we're still talking about shit like this, like he, like Brother Mike said about the Jim Crow. You know, it's not Jim Crow anymore. It's his sophisticated cousin, Jim Crow Esquire. That's what we live in now. You know, we don't have the, the hillbilly type thing. We have the guy in the pinstripe suit, you know, this. That's Jim Crow Esquire, uh, you know, this guy by the name of Joe Madison, the show I listened to on Urban View, you know, brilliant guy. But... We're dealing with conscientious stupidity and sincere ignorance, what Dr. Martin Luther King used to say. People are sincerely ignorant, they don't know, then yeah, like Brother Mike said, we can have that dialogue, we can talk, we can get intimate, and I can see what your character is, right? But usually the ones that are spouting off that all lives matter are the ones that are the most racist people to us, period. You know what I mean? And, you know, my heart, you know, and, and, and please, I, I got to say this. And I got to tread lightly because I don't want to offend anybody on this panel, but I'm going to speak freely. My heart goes out to all those Asian people that are getting the violence and all this racist stuff. It's foul, man. My heart goes out because my fiance is Chinese. So my my heart goes out. But then as a black man, like, okay, now you see what we've been going through for years and years and years. And none of you, whether you're from the Hispanic community, the Asian community, you didn't want to band with us to protect us. You just watched us get our heads beat in constantly. And you were quiet. But now everybody wants to patrol Chinatown and go down there and help them out and do this, which is great. That is great. But where were you at when we needed you? You know what I mean? And we, to this day, are still getting our heads kicked in. You know, it's like me. I, I, I carry a gun everywhere I go. It's not because I'm a pro-gun guy, this, this, and this. And I, this is controversial, but I'm going to say it. You know, I want to have some sort of fighting chance if I get stopped by the police. Bottom line. You know what I mean? And I know that's harsh to say that. and it, I don't mean it to be inflammatory or controversial. But it's like that one brother, I think he was out of Minnesota. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, if you remember the story. He was a, a school teacher or he worked at a school in, in Minnesota in that area. He was pulled over with his fiance, daughter in the back seat, and he had a gun legal, had all of his uh, permits, the whole nine yards. And he told the cop, which he didn't have to, according to your rights as a gun owner, you don't have to tell people you're packing, period. But he wanted to be straight up with the cop. He was like, hey, I'm a legal fire owner, firearm owner. I have my gun on. The cop whacked him in the car. Whacked him. Blew his brains out in front of his wife and daughter. When he was trying to follow the uh, so-called law and be honest with the police. Look what that got him. Got him whacked. You know what I mean? So this whole all lives matter, that's absolute crap. That's crap. 
And I'm going to be the first one to say it. And if you say you're an American and you're colorblind, you're lying to yourself. That's my own personal opinion. And I know it's inflammatory, but I'm just, you know, my mother was a Black Panther, so I'm going to call it as I see it. That, that's my two cents. As always, like, there's respect, um, respect for, for everything that's been said. And um, I, I think um, our brother Azim kind of highlights a, a, a fear that I feel, you know what I'm saying? Like at, at 45, I remember when I was a teenager and I was like, man, it's like, I knew the statistic, like 25, like I'm either gonna be in prison or dead or caught up in some bullshit. Sorry if the, if the young, if the little ones around, but uh, okay. Um, and when I when I crossed that when I crossed that twenty five, right? I was like, yeah, okay, I made it to my twenty five. You know, I should be good from now on. And it's like the the terrible thing is is that at forty five, that twenty five has been that that new statistic has been replaced with another you know, uh, fear, something that you feel lurking, like, again, as simple as a, as a traffic stop that can become, you know, fatal, you know what I'm saying? If I move wrong, if I go, if, if, if I, you know, like everybody now has their like insurance on their cell phone. And if I go for my cell phone to show my insurance or something, you know, is that going to be the, is that going to be the, the time that I, 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 I lose, you know what I'm saying? That, that is, that is done. And so I find that I have to go through life in a certain way um detached from it and being prepared at any moment you know and this is like how warriors walk anyways but then it's kind of the realization is like yeah just like you know there's a certain ways that i have to move in this world that um you know could be you know on the right day it could be you know life or death you know what i'm saying um back in the days we were doing shows and stuff and teaching classes at ut and, um, you know, it was not uncommon for us to carry, you know, uh, Shania on campus and, um, you know, cops stopping us for having these, you know, these bamboo sticks, you know, and treating us like we, you know, we're, you know, packing some serious weapons and stuff like that. At the same time, you know, you got guys who are doing, you know, historical European martial arts and they like fighting with like, you know, steel swords and shit on campus. You know, it's just like it's a, it's a different, it's a different thing. Um, when, whenever you say, whenever someone says, if I say black lives matter, or if I say that, you know, women shouldn't feel threatened and shouldn't have to, you know, um, feel, be, be victims to whatever. And your response to that is all lives matter, or they, what were they doing there? Or what do they do to 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 cause that? Whenever you're doing that kind of victim blaming or that kind of like sidestepping the issue, I mean that's that's a large part of the problem. Um, we know life is sacred. We know life is in, is is valuable, and that's a given. But the fact that we're having to say that you can see a man being choked to death live. And we have to ask the question if that's like right or wrong, whether this man was guilty or not of anything. That's not how our law enforcement is supposed to be, you know, administering or, you know, executing 
you know, their, their duties. That's not what we're supposed to be seeing. That's not what we're supposed to be seeing. And, um, you know, I have a new fear, like I said, this, this, and I've never really had that much trouble with the, with the law myself. And I've been fortunate in that way. Uh, but I know that it, it just takes the right time, the right place for that to be, to be the case. Um, at the same time, as much there, and I think that the, it, the thing with racism, it's like when we're talking about racism, there is, there are people, I think that there's a, the system of racism, which is embedded in, it's, it's, it's embedded in everything that we're doing. Um, it affects how we think about each other, how we interact with each other. Um, we don't even realize that like our like person to person relationships with each other is affected by this system of racism. Now, then there's also people on a on an individual basis that on an individual basis that practice bigotry or or prejudice or hatred or ignorance in in their various scopes and stuff like that. Um, and so, I, I don't really have a point. I guess it's kind of like wanting to kind of point out and to say that you know when we're talking about racism as a system, you know it's it's in like it's in it we're inundated with it in on many levels in ways that we probably are not even aware of that's like one battle but then the other battle is like dealing with ignorant people who are scared who are ignorant who have fragile uh a fragile sense of self who have white privilege who have you know male privilege or whatever the kind of privilege they're having and you know that's another, that's, that's a, a different dimension of the fight, you know what I'm saying? But I think also just kind of recognizing that racism is not just a personal choice for people. It's also a system that we're kind of like, that we're all in. So we can't be colorblind um, because, you know, we're, we're ingesting it right now, you know what I mean? I hope everybody has an empty bladder. I hope I don't go too long, um, but uh, this is this is a topic right here. Um, like I said, I wish I could be in the room with all of y'all while at the same time, I think if me and Asim was in the same room, we <laughs> might scare some people. Um, <laughs> and not because, you know, it's because we talk and we, we you know, we, you know, <laughs> but um, no, nah, you want to talk about uh, racial insensitivity. Um, I fight choreography and fight choreography you got to rehearse over and over and over again you're doing the same move a thousand times but if you're doing that and you black man you outside you're getting the cops called that's what happened to me more than once all right that's what happened uh Demond, you was at one of those wasn't you and we were doing shanao or die and yes, uh, hold on one second there's somebody at my door real quick over and over again and people was gonna call the cops on us i'm like Okay, and here's and the cops show up, right? The cops show up. Okay, and the cops are like, hey, you know, we heard, you know, and we we stand there with and he and 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 Demond brought up Kendall's Shania's, right? I got a, I got another story on that. We have Shania's. We're doing fight choreography. The cops show up. Somebody called, blah 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 blah. You know, you're fighting outside, and I'm just like, really? See, somebody called, and and so what they tell you that we were doing the same fight over and over and over again, and the cop was like. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was a kind of a, well, you got a point. Yeah, he probably should have, I'm glad he didn't shoot my ass, but, but, but yeah, but you know, uh, and, and, and Jamon also brought up Shanaz at UT. 
Damon, you know the story when I had my Shania at UT and went to a kendo stick class, a kendo class with my Shania, walking back to my car with my Shania, with my white friend who also had his Shania. We are walking back to the car and the cop stops me. The cop stops me and is asking me what I got in my hand. My friend is five feet away with another, sh with a Shania in his hand. There are white kids passing us with Shania's because they're coming out of the kendo class we just went to. This dude reached for his gun. Seriously? And another, and called for backup. When backup got there, the backup was like, dude, it's a kendo stick. Oh, well, you know, you need to be committed. You know what I'm saying? That type of shit. Um, uh, I'm five, seven and a half. I, yeah, I'm gonna use my half because that's, you know, I'm using every uh, uh, thing I got. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a small dude. Uh, uh, but, but I've had, I've worked at two places where I've had people just afraid of me because of my color. Uh, I, 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 worked at, I worked at a kid's store. Worked at a kid's store. And uh, I thought I knew my job at the kid's store. The manager left. For like vacation the, it was me and the assistant manager and all the employees okay manager comes back from his vacation john how come you didn't do your job i did my job what are you talking about no you gotta do this 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 well, how come nobody told me well john come into my office came into his office what's up boss well the assistant manager is afraid of you what he told me the assistant manager was afraid of me because i was black <sighs> nobody okay so I, 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 you know, that's, that's an experience. Uh, uh, when it comes to fight choreography, me and DeMond, I worked at a camp, okay? And I was a fight choreographer at a camp. I had that boss actually straight up tell me that uh, uh, some, of the some of the employees didn't want to talk to me and it had something to do with my skin color, all right? After that, I didn't give a fuck if the other employees lived or died. See, nobody, here's the thing. As a black man, nobody cares about your, your psyche. You know, no, uh, uh, black, black men don't need therapy. Black men don't need uh, uh, someone to sit down and, and, and talk to them and see what's going on in their life and how they feel about, you know, the black people don't, black men don't get depressed. What? We're the strongest, most badass, in their mind, creatures on the planet, right? Men, men, men on at men are considered to be like these, these, these dominant, whatever, you know, we, we, you know, whatever. But black men even looked at higher, everybody's afraid of us. We're the most hated race on the planet. We're the most, and if you're a black man, you're the most hated person on the planet, all right? Um, that's that same boss that was talking about the employees didn't want to talk to me. Let me, there's a phrase that he used to use that now anytime I hear it, it gives me PTSD. And uh, that's, um, <laughs> perception is reality. Perception is reality. You know, they used to perceive us as monkeys. Perception is not fucking reality, all right? Um, and, and when you use that to defend racist or racially insensitive people, there's a problem. There's a big fucking problem, especially when you got a black person trying their best to make things right. And you're using excuses like perception is reality. Uh, yes, as a black man, 
I've had to deal with some shit. Um, we've all, we've all had to deal with some shit. We all got stories. I would love to hear all of them. We don't have time for all of us to tell our stories because we've been black for a long goddamn time. Um, but, but yeah, I, there, at five, seven, 145, 50 pounds, I can walk into a room full of racial, racially insensitive people. And suddenly I am 10 foot tall and I'm, you know, I'm just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, I had uh, assistant instructors I had to get rid of. I had to get rid of. The thing is, you got people out there who, who because you're Black, they think that you, they're so, and they're so afraid of you that everything you do is a threat. Th this right here. Ah, ah! See how I did my hands right there? That just scared off like a group of people just by doing that. Everything you do is a threat as a Black man. Uh, and so there's constantly, there are people who are constantly trying to catch you and, 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 and they accuse you. I had to get rid of my assistant instructors because they were accusing me of stuff I wasn't even doing. And here's the thing, when they really want you, when, when, when these racially insensitive people really want you to be guilty of something and then you prove them wrong, they're not upset. <laughs> they're not upset that they falsely accuse you of something. They're, seems like they're more upset that you weren't guilty. Uh, for example, the cops that will accuse black folk of doing stuff and will accuse them literally to death. That's what these people were doing. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I may have, I may have gotten off. Uh, yeah, that, that's my, that's my two, three, 25 cents. Come on with it. I love it. Thank you guys for sharing sharing your experiences here. One final question for the night, and uh, this this one is a more kind of um, personal, introspective uh, question, and that is, one thing you all have in common besides your race is that you've all carved your own path with martial arts. You have not stayed with one teacher the whole way. So please talk about you know. Uh, your exploration, your creativity, and uh, and how all that comes to be. Cool. Um, hold on a second here. Yeah, uh, but one quick thing about what they were just mentioning, uh, um, the experiences, because you know, this ties into some of the stuff that's, as well as like uh, me being in the military, and some people don't, you know, my my girl and I have this conversation because she's she's Hispanic, she's from Mexico, um, had the whole thing with her family of people coming over and things like that and how they were classed. But, you know, I was telling her the military experience is very challenging, especially when you're black. Um, you have people in charge of you that feel this way. And they can justify any of their actions against you because of their rank. You know what I mean? Because of your position. Um, you know, it's hard to quantify. You can see it clearly yourself, but how to quantify that somebody tells someone that they're treating you this way because of your race, you know? Because I'll tell you this, I had my group of friends, we would perform the stuff that we did and it would make people pissed off. Because, you know, we had to train a certain way to learn the skill we did, to, to collect the data we did, and you know, study certain manuals. Um, and it was, for us about performance and it leads them to what i'm going to say for your other question there it's about performance not how you look 
you know what I mean? Or how old you were or who you, you know what I mean? It's about performance. It goes back to, to, to uh, Damon's point and also Zine's uh, um, point. You let your skills speak for yourself. But a lot of times it's they, they would try to turn their attention to someone else who they wanted to be the star person in there that, that they, you know, and, but he can't cut the mustard against this. So they do, they put other obstacles in front of you. They put other things that make it more difficult for you to kind of, to kind of shine, you know? Um, so segueing into what you're saying here, my teacher was very adamant because he was saying, how come we're doing this art that we're doing and none of the Chinese folks are stepping up to represent and fight? None of these other people are stepping up to say, hey, wait a minute, this stuff, you know, that doesn't work, but you're listening to this person over here who can't even fight. And again, his thing was like, Mike, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be a carbon copy of me. I want you to be your, you don't have my attributes. You don't have my experience. You have your own experience. Take that and mold it for yourself. Cause very similar to the zine, I was pushed out to teach. I was like, I can't teach. I don't know anything to teach. I don't know. He goes, the person that's going to walk to that door is not going to know as, as much as you do. So teach them what you know. But I was very apprehensive because I didn't have necessarily the confidence to think I knew what I was doing. But also I didn't think I was, you know, on that, in that mindset to do that. And now keep in mind, I was already a teacher. I was traveling the world, but for my job in the military, I was a trainer. I was going to Australia, all different countries, teaching the stuff that I do, say your communication. So I could teach, but this was different because I didn't have the confidence to teach. But the whole point of the matter is that, you know, he will always reinforce for me to find my own. He'll show me the, the blueprint, find your own design. You know what I mean? Go out and, and become the person that you can be because you can't think the what I think. And he was offended a lot because going back to another thing that you and I had talked about, Sanchanu, um, you know, the, the, the whole makeup of, of, of because you're black, you're going to be more talented at this stuff. See, he was the one that would get offended because his teacher had said something to him in that regard. Oh, Mike's got it easy. He's got that rhythm already. And he's like, what do you mean? I teach my, all my students the same. Mike just practice hard and that's how he would take it you know what I mean he would always be quick to defend on that level if you will but he always pushed us to to do that and so for myself I always did that I trained in this stuff for six years and I came in in America and, and uh, this is what made me be the way that I am now people who have been doing it for 20 25 years uh, were challenging me in the stuff that we did and they were like Hey man, how are you doing that stuff? It's only because I practiced it and I did it practical. I fought and, and did full contact. But I left all that stuff alone because the audience here for the stuff that I do wasn't on that same level. It was every thing was like, remember that old guy that did it like that? It has to be that way. If it's not that like he did it, it's not right. Well, that old guy was 300 pounds and probably six foot tall. That's not my stature. I can't do what that guy does. You know, so that's led me into my path. And like, you you know, you know, Sanchez from our workings, I have a whole different mindset of what the traditional people do in this martial arts, because I don't relate it to the way that they relate it to. And I carved my own path because I was taught to carve my own path, not only by him, but also the other professors that I learned from the same thing. They would say the same thing about themselves. I couldn't do what he was doing, so I had to do it this way. So that allowed me to be that way and just keep myself free and look at people the same way that I teach. Every person that walks to my door is different. So long-winded. <laughs> That's good. 
Uh, well, for me, um, you know, I respect, you know, the Chinese tradition. I respect uh, the Filipino tradition. I, I respect all the traditions. Don't get me wrong. I, th I think it's great. But there's certain things in those traditions. I'm going to be flat out honest. I can't get with it. I can't. But I wanted to jump back on something what Brother John said, and then I'll, I'll continue with where we're going on this. Brother John said something that's 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 real talk. You know, the black man is the most hated man, hands down. But we're the most copied man, hands down, on earth. No, everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. You, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, so I, I just had to break because, you know, John said that and that really hit home for me because it's, it, it, you know, being a biracial man who I identify as black, and this is a whole nother podcast in itself, I wasn't white enough for the white folks and I wasn't black enough for the black folks. Okay. So that's a whole nother game in itself. But back to, you, uh, back to your original question. You know, I respect my Chinese teacher's philosophy in the whole nine yards, my Filipino teacher's philosophy. But, I, and I believe in loyalty and respect, but not to the detriment of your own culture and your own self, right? And for one, I'm not Chinese. Two, I'm not Filipino. I respect it. I respect all their cultures and everything. But sometimes... The culture outweighs the art. It's just like with us, brothers and we're both Muslim. You know, there's a difference between Islam and then the culture. So a lot of stuff that's the culture, Islam gets the blame for it. You see what I'm saying? That's the same in martial arts, right? So, you know, like with my Chinese teacher, which to the point, you know, they wanted me to bow to idols. And, and this stuff is forbidden for me to do. I, I can't do it. I respect it. So I humbly back out. I, I do this as, as respect. But they want me to light incense to ancestors. And, and, you know, because that's a part of their Buddhist culture. And I respect that. But that's not a part of my belief system. But I don't disrespect their belief system. So I humbly back away. And then I remember, like, later on in my training, I would always hear this come out of my teacher's mouth, but to the point where he didn't want me to hear it, but I overheard it a couple of times. I was always referred to as Hakwai. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this term, Hakwai. It's Cantonese. It means black devil. Okay? It means black devil. And then one time I asked one of my buddies, real good friend of mine, was Chinese, and I asked him, I was like, hey, man, can you, can you tell me what this means? He was like, Azim, I don't, I don't want to tell you what this means or you're going to kill our teacher. And I was like, tell me what it means. When he finally told me what it meant, that was when I went and started my own path. I was like, okay, I'm done with this. So I started learning from multiple different, like Brother Mike, multiple professors, multiple masters, you know, but I didn't go in and do a practitioner of many and master of none. You know, I was able to, you know, get the Kung Fu under my belt and, 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 and go all the way. There's always stuff to learn. Don't get me wrong. You learn for the rest of your life until you're dead. But I completed Chole Foot. Then I completed Balinta Wakastrima. Then I completed Russian Sambo. So I got certified in all those arts and I put in all my time. Don't get me wrong. But I, after that racist comment from my teacher, I was like, you know what? I'm going to carve out my own legacy, my own path. Because I was raised by a soldier. My father was a soldier. And I wasn't raised uh, in the fashion of, of, you know, a fight, because a fight is mutual. You agree on that. You put your dukes up, and then you guys go head up, right? I was raised from the assault mind frame. Someone is trying to kill you. How do you survive? 
So this is how I teach my students. Yes, I have students that fight professionally. I have students that are law enforcement. I have students that are military. But it's just like what Brother Mike said. Each one of my students are different, and I teach them differently for what they're trying to accomplish. One of my students is a ranger in the Army. They kill shit. That's what they do. You know what I mean? So he learns a lot of blade, uh, blade work for me. He really wants to learn how to work the blade, very stealth. Then I have another buddy of mine. He fights mixed martial arts. He fights in the ring. So I teach him how to fight in the ring with that mindset and that set of rules. But the majority of what I do, and it's on my website, when you come to train with me, you're coming to train. And, and I say this in, in inverted commas, what I give you may save your life. And the reason why I say may is because nothing is foolproof, even a gun jams, right? So it, it's all up to you at how hard you train, how much time you put in. But the streets is merciless, man. You can get out there. The streets has no rules. So I teach with that mind frame of no rules. There's always more than one person. You're always going to get jumped. They always have a weapon. You know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to train you for a 12 round fight, three minutes. That's a whole different set of training. That's a different game. You know what I mean? So I felt with what I come from and what I've been involved in and all the crap that I've seen, just like brother John, just like brother Demond, just like brother Mike, we have all had those experiences where our, I'm, okay, I'm six foot three, 225 pounds. Okay. So as soon as I walk in the room, I'm automatically, okay, that's the troublemaker. That's the dude. Da, 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 da. When I'm the one that barely says two words. I'm usually the guy in the background that's really watching everybody, soaking everything in, trying to get all the knowledge. I'm not the guy that's there to cause trouble. I'm the guy that's there to learn. You know what I mean? Because just because I've been doing martial arts for over 30 years, there's always more for me to learn. Like Brother Demond, he practices a type of stick fighting, and so do I. But his methodology of stick fighting is different. So I want to learn what he knows. He may see something that I don't. You know, and brother Mike, brother Mike, he was in the military. So I'm, I'm big into guns. You know, I own a lot of weapons. I'm, I'm, I'm a certified firearms instructor, but he's military trained. Hey, brother Mike, well, you know, how do I work this AR-15? Because I want to, I want to do blah, 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 blah. Mike, oh yeah, this is how you do that. Is he da, 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 da. So he sees something that I don't. So what I try to do is get that whole collective and build my legacy. That's why the name of my school is called Puget Sound Escrima Combatives. You know, we're training for survival. And that's that's kind of my take. I'm, I'm big into the traditional stuff. I think that's great. But a lot of that traditional stuff in the Chinese culture, in the Filipino culture, is racist against black people. Sorry to say, but it is. Okay. Am I still muted? Okay, I'm on. I'm on. All right. So. Again, always respect, respect. Um, I want to say one thing. This is for, we need to probably talk about this too on, on the on volume two of this conversation. And um, I just want to put it out there because I understand um, that um, my daughter, my daughter is biracial and um, my family, when my family, the way I was brought up, is my family look like the rainbow of black people like and that's kind of how i've always seen seen our story is that we are a people of, of rainbows many many shades and variations throughout 
throughout our story because a lot of our story involves a lot of a lot of uh, violation of our of our of our of our women and um, you know and having to having to kind of uh, repair ourselves from that kind of stuff. My story, um, I did my 23andMe DNA, uh, you know, testing. And you may look at me and say, oh man, shit, Demond's like, man, straight from the continent, you know what I'm saying? Like hundred percent, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, I'm not like I'm, my ethnic background is 70 something percent um, uh, African, 30% European. And that's because of that history. So like when we're looking at each other and we're like making these distinctions between color and distinction between recent admixture or whatever else, like that's bullshit. Like our story, when we crossed over the Atlantic, they there a term for us. They will call us um, uh, Malungos in 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 Central Africa. They say we were Malungos, and what that means is shipmates. You know, so we crossed that same middle passage together. I don't give a fuck what you look like now. You know what I'm saying? Like we crossed that middle passage together, and we're 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 family. And um, you know, so just wanted to put that out there because again. I've never understood, I, I've heard people, I've heard, you know, look at my friend here, John. John is, you know, light as hell. And then my other friend, you know, in our in our group, light-skinned brother as well. And then um, I've heard his story and, and my other friend's story about just kind of, you know, white people being one way and then black people being, you know, being another way because of how we feel about our skin, you know, because we were made to think that our skin is ugly and, you know, that it was, it was we're not beautiful. But, um, my story has always been my cousin's light skin, my cousin's deep brown skin, my cousin's black, you know what I'm saying? Wavy hair, curly hair, kinky hair. It was all part of represented in my family. So I just want to always send out that kind of love and respect and know that that's kind of how I view us. Um, the, uh, and I forgot my whole point for the other shit. <laughs> I just wanted to give that, I wanted to give that out because I don't think we say that enough to each other, you know? I don't think we say that enough, but, um, Oh man, what was the question? I'm getting old too. I can't even remember. The original question was just you carving your own path, forging your own yes. path as a martial artist. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So for me, uh, martial arts was life. It was breath for me. You know what I'm saying? It was my second skin, and um, it really formed like my identity. Um, it helped shield me from a lot of bullshit as a kid, um, as a teenager. Kept me focused. Kept my eyes on the prize, so to speak. And the thing is, is like, I never really felt, you know, cause of how I learned. Cause I learned a lot, like just kind of the way I learned, I learned a lot through independent like research and independent doing. And then, so I always wanted as a kid, like I love to be a martial arts instructor, but like, man, I didn't really go through this traditional path to, um, to reach it. So it's like, you know, I never saw that opportunity that that I never saw that as a, as a possibility for me. You know, I, I, I did, you know, Shornu karate for a number of years and got my, you know, ranked in that or whatever else. But like I had, I had um, my trajectory as a martial artist has completely like, you know, like gone past that, you know what I'm saying? Um, that I can't even like, you know, I, I'm gonna show it to my sensei's clinic, trying to get my, <laughs> try to get some notification, some some recognition for my credentials in Sean Rube. I don't really, I can't really do that because I'm like such a different person from when I was when I was doing that. So 
the only way for me I felt to like to uh, continue to do this because again because this is like not just something I enjoy doing but I feel like this is like a necessity as part of my identity as part of myself so it's like um, I had to um, you know hone my skills um, I had to you know I, and it involves like physical skills but it also involves like you know reading and researching uh, being able to connect things and I just always it's like I, I try I'm trying to be more comfortable with letting my work speak for itself staying hungry staying humble um, uh, gosh I was saved a lot of a lot of some of the 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 bullshit that people have to go through when they go through those conventional methods. At the same time, I had to deal with a whole set of other levels of bullshit um, just kind of coming up. Like when I started, this is gonna sound crazy to you guys, you know, especially like <laughs> if you guys are, if you guys got a certain experience with capoeira, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, it's all fun and games until, you know, you stepping on someone's territory, they coming up into your school. Uh, we got, you know, I got some real live stories where it's like, yeah, we we fighting battles, you know, out and about in Austin, Texas, people coming up, running up into your school, you know, because you're not, you don't have a lineage, you don't have a line, or you're not connected, you need to go pay homage or whatever else. And so my mentality has always been like, I love doing fight choreography, because I like telling stories. I like, I like telling stories. And I think we need those kind of stories to see those types of stories. And that's how I first got introduced to the arts was through seeing people perform stories. And that's in connection with our traditions as well because our, our, our ancestors, our fighting arts were, were ways of retelling our prowess in battle, our stories in battle. And we carried that tradition over to us to different parts of the, of, of the, of the diaspora. So that's, that's, that's connected to our story. So, I, and I really, I really, feel that that's part of me at the same time you know like you know i don't i don't have any pretensions about like i i want to be functional like and i want to if i'm if my student is going to be training capoeira with me then you are going to get the most functional aspect of capoeira from me as possible if that's what you're getting from me if that's your only art you're training with me you're going to be fucking functional in that and um that kind of stuff has put me at odds you know, to like the larger capoeira community. Like I got, I had lots of enemies and stuff, people that were like, you know, you know, 10, 15, maybe no, 20 years before like, you know, Anderson Silva and who knocking people out in MMA using capoeira techniques or whatever else. But I was telling people that, you know, well, Capoeira was, you know, once a, a you know, a fighting art, they were fighting against the police in, in the streets of Rio and in, and in, and in uh, Recife. Um, they, they, they fought with weapons, you know, sticks and razors and knives. And it wasn't like what you're seeing now. And I, throughout most, and John can tell you a lot of this too, like for, you know, 20 years doing that, going through that, people calling you crazy, people thinking that you're saying that you're bastardizing this, that you you don't know shit or whatever else. Now we have YouTube and you can look up stuff and you can see like 80 year old dudes that were telling these guys like they're doing stick fighting and they're like, yeah, this is a stick fighting that this used to be connected to Capoeira, but the shit's dying out now because people don't really want that part of it. You know what I'm saying? Or you see people who in, you know, in Brazil and these Valle Tudo matches they're doing all these headbutts and these kicks and shit like that. And it's like, 
it's only it's only now that stuff is becoming more apparent. But I, I understand the struggle of just trying to to be true to yourself, having to like step being part of an art that is considered a traditional art or a cultural art. You know, sometimes you do you have that cultural baggage that comes along with it, um, and something that's always walking with respect in that, but also understanding speaking from Capoeira's perspective and then also speaking from what I've learned about some some Asian traditions that some things that we call traditions aren't terribly that old you know what I'm saying Capoeira for example I'm gonna jump on this and I'll shut up I'm sorry but um Capoeira for example is seen as like a traditional art like it is a particular style and it's a traditional style but this tradition was only established like in the 30s and 40s. So it's not like a tradition that goes back to the slave ships. It's a tradition that was recently, you know, you know, um, codified in in the last the last 60, 60 so years. So like when we're like, when we're like, you know, you gotta keep tradition, you gotta keep tradition, tradition, tradition. Like what tradition are you talking about? The tradition where we're doing this or tradition where we fighting against the cops? Like which tradition are we talking about? You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I just, I, 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 my heart goes out to all of, all of us who are um, trying to find our expression in these arts and they're do, we're doing it in a way that's um, in line with our spirit and in line with your path. And yeah, like again, it's an honor to be here and I'm going to go ahead and shut up now. Thank you. <laughs> What's wrong with you? um yeah uh y'all are some uh y'all are teachers masters uh i bow respect to all of y'all uh as being a lowly lowly fight choreographer uh (laughs) i am i'm not a martial arts instructor i'll tell you why and i'll keep it short um but you know my first my, my first and only like main martial arts instructor, you know, it was a white guy, Michael Aberdeen, uh, great guy. Uh, he's old school. And, and I, okay, so I, I am an old school, like I was old school type person. I wanted you to, like, I go to class and you just have me fill up a container with water. And that's my class for the day. I feel, man, you know what I did today, man? I filled up some water. God damn it. Tomorrow, you know, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. You know, so it's like, you know, give me a cup. Um, but, you know, that was how I would, you know, because I watch a lot of movies and that's what I saw in the movies and stuff like that. Um, so I, I started, and, and there was a time where I saw a black martial arts teacher and I, and I was like, I think I want to learn from a black martial arts teacher. And I actually went to my white instructor and told him that. So one thing you'll find out about me is I'm real honest, right? <laughs> um, I went to him and told him that, but I didn't, but, but, but I decided to just stick with him. I mean, he was a, he was a great teacher. And it actually turned out he was a better teacher than the other guy, but that, Damon, you know who I'm talking about, but I ain't going to no names right now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but he didn't, he didn't take it out on me, make me feel bad about it at all. I went to him, told him, you know, I had thoughts about it, changed my mind nothing changed he still treated me with respect and he was just a great teacher right uh after that you know i i i picked up things here and there and and i and i focused a lot on fight choreography um i so so i would come to you guys to learn i'm 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 i want to learn i i want to i want to you know I've, I've learned stuff from demand uh stuff in capoeiras and stuff in some of the stick fighting me and him use a lot of the same drills in our classes 
what I do, I like to call what I do combat choreography. So it's fight choreography, but I, you know, you can, you can still, you'll be able to defend yourself, you know, if you take my class, but my class is not a self-defense class. So I'll teach my students and be like, okay, this is the fight choreography part, but this is how you would probably do it in real life. You know, but uh, since I'm not a, I'm not a teacher, uh, I'm not a, I didn't, I didn't stay in long enough to get my black belt. I didn't, uh, I, I've learned a lot of stuff, but because I didn't stay in it long enough to get the black belt, I don't, since I'm old school, like ugh, traditional, like I don't want to open up a school and, and, and plus I, I don't, I, I, the way I teach, it's like, I can't teach you to be me. And even if you was me and, and I'm me and I can't whoop everybody's ass, but that's, that's, that's my teaching style is, um, it's not focused enough on the, the traditional class type environment. I'm a more one-on-one -on -one person and I, and, I, and, I, and I incorporate a personality into the fight, real or fight choreography. It, so that's, that's my take on that. Uh, as far as carving your own path or whatever, I think, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, John, I think being a teacher means you share your knowledge with people. And I see you very much as a teacher. And I, I mean, I mean. And very, very skilled. Like I learn from watching you. So whether you want to be a teacher or not, you just taught me something when you move. <laughs> so well, I have a question real quick for yes. everyone in regards to, you know, when you coming up and, you know, doing the martial arts, because it seems like a lot of us are, we have our traditional feel and we, we, but we branched off and did our thing. But did you, do you feel like the martial world is very diluted now with people who are just attaching themselves to the art? just for you know what i mean and you know what i mean like i was telling my girls like sometimes i remember when it was like those martial arts with those guys over there you know that you know what i mean and now it's like i don't know the, the emergence of the, the the fighting but everything seems to like everybody wants to attach themselves to it now go ahead azim yeah i you know i just wanted to, to to camel back off of what you're saying sorry about that it's it's totally like that and and my thing is this is where I kind of leave the tradition. You know, I, I respect the tradition. Don't get me wrong. But Brother Demond said something that really hit home about what, what like uh, going back to Capueta. It's all back in the 40s and 30s when the stuff, you know, started gelling like that. Now, when you look at me and Brother Santano's, our Chile for Kung Fu, it's only like 150 years old. It's not that old. It's, it's And our founder was a master of a few different things and what he did was okay i'm taking this bullshit out i'm taking this bullshit out this isn't going to help with defending yourself let's do this let's compile this let's test this because this works because they had to get people ready so fast because they had so many invaders coming in they're like man we got to get this guy battlefield ready in six months we we can't spend 400 years in the shaolin temple praying and all this other stuff we got to get this guy on the battlefield so, so when people try to stick to the traditional stuff, my hat goes off to them. But just like Brother Demond said, really do your homework and see where the tradition really is. Sorry, um, I, I think I beat you to the punch there, John. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, and so I wanted to say this is kind of building off of that because of what I've been doing. Like I love nerding out. Like I love love learning. 
and there there is so much like information now to like you know get your your you know just kind of fall into a martial arts wormhole so i've been recently um I've been kind of rediscovering, and I feel weird about saying this, I've been rediscovering like my love for karate in a way, you know? And what's really been tripping me out about it is like um, how parallel the stories are between traditional Okinawan karate and capoeira, like in its, in its development. And, um, you know, like I would never like, I, again, like I said earlier, it's like I've, I've, I'm not that same kid you know, when I went to, you know, uh, you know, my, my Shorinru class and was doing my training there. But um, quite honestly, it's like they gave me a really good, strong base at a point of time when I really needed that base. And that base actually, you know, helped me to better, you know, better learn and to better adapt and grow um, my own path, you know, and I wouldn't really be standing here if I wouldn't have gone through that, that, that 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 point um, with 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 short new karate, but you know yeah. So I've been kind of really discovering like some new like some really interesting things that I didn't really know um, about it, and I think that's what's really what's really good about the arts. It's like you know we we're all on our paths, and we all um, are on you know in essence we're on that same mountain, but we're going up in different ways or whatever else. But um, it's just good kind of hearing some of these old stories and just kind of getting a feel and seeing just how how quickly, like how things can change and how circumstances like my like brother Azim was saying, like, you know, yeah, like Chelly Foot is not, it's, it's an old art, you know, it's, it's 100, and 100 plus years old. But, you know, think about what he just said. It's like, we talk about mixed martial arts. Like, it sounds like the founder of Chelly Foot was mixing martial arts in order to create Chilly foot, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, um, it's really interesting. I think it brings us, the, the more we can understand these things, it brings us closer together. It's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, even though we may rebrand it and call it, you know, MMA or whatever else, you know, anytime we fight and we survive, like if me and Mike were to, were to throw down, you best believe, Mike, afterwards, if I was able to walk away from that, I'm going to learn some stuff. I'm, I'm going to adapt some stuff from that in, encounter. And it goes, that it goes, that's the way it is when you fight. It's like when you, when the Romans conquered so many people, but they learned and adapted different strategies and different techniques and different, you know, auxiliary forces, they would adapt them to their style of warfare. And, you know, they were able to, to, um, to, to conquer in that way. And that's that's just the way of war is we learn from each other. If we survive, we learn from each other and we get better or we or we or we perish. So okay, that's what I was wanted to throw in. That, 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 that's the best teacher right there. It's like you know you you get battle tested, you know, and, and it's not going out there to just like oh my machismo, I'm I'm the dopest shit out there. Let me go out there and do these things. But it's like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. You know what I mean? And and if you've never really been punched or hit or everything, you can't really say if something works or not. Not, you know, I I'm half of this is false. You know what I mean? So and I'm not saying that as a badge of honor, but it's like, oh shit, how did he get that elbow in on me like that? Let me go back and train and blah 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 blah. But back to DeMond's point, 
you know, we have the traditional martial arts and we have all these wormholes we can go down. But at the end of the day, a punch is a punch, a kick is a kick, a headbutt's a headbutt. You know, it's just like, okay, what is your methodology of how you throw a straight punch? Do you go like this or you go like this or whatever the case, right? So, but at the end of the day, a punch is a punch, a kick, a kick is a kick. We've been doing that since the birth of man. Yeah. Yeah, it, it uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, to clarify, when I when I say I love tradition, I love to the tr traditional art of teaching. As far as, uh, and this is not me saying tradition sucks or anything. No, no, no. I like it all. But um, go uh, teaching your student like respect and all those different things, like like things that they can take mentally as as, as well as physically, because a lot of there's a lot of places just popping up all over the place. Just oh, let me teach you how to stomp somebody in the face. It's like, can I, can you teach me your name first? Like, you know, what, what, you know, so which that's fine. Those people are going to come out knowing how to punch, kick somebody in the face when they get down on the ground. Okay. That's cool. I, I, traditional respectful, like teachers is like something that I think that that's what I would want to be. And I try to be to my, my students and also, um, but yes, adaptability, my brothers. So I worked at a job where a person wanted to pick on me because I was smaller than him. And he was a boxer and he was like, let's spar. He kept saying, let's spar, let's spar, let's spar. We got to spar. And I ended up eventually when I finally agreed to it, he meant spar in his room in an apartment. This dude. Okay. So, so, so I'm taking what martial arts I know and have to adapt on the spot to a boxer coming at me in this room. That's very, you know, so, so, so yeah, if I came out him, oh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so, so, so yeah, it, traditional teaching as far as respect goes, but adaptability as far as real world, real world, you know, situations go for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, can, can I say so, brother, see brother John and all you guys keep hitting on these fabulous points. Like he was saying, that, you know, the gentleman wanted to spar in his apartment or whatever the case. And I've had things happen like that to me a couple of times on a different occasion. And, you know, guys are like, oh, hey, yeah, let's, let's spar. And, you know, just the demeanor. It's like, oh, yeah, let's spar. Let's do this. And then so he starts sparring and he's doing, the, you know, this other thing. And then, you know, I hit him in the throat. And he's like, oh, that's not fair. Oh, you want it to be fair. Oh, I thought you said we're, 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 we're scrapping. Oh, you want rules? Oh, okay, then you're in the wrong place. <laughs> I gotta jump in. Can I jump in, please? <laughs> Let me jump in. All right, that's beautiful. I gotta share this because you. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I, I had a my my partner, my business partner. We had a school together, um, uh, back in the back in the days, right, and um. I was teaching Capoeira and he was teaching uh, Kali and Silat. And it was my, my Capoeira class. It was like, our new, you know, I, I love this, this gym, right? This is like my favorite school. It was like, it was nothing but an empty out room with a fan on the window. We had no telephone, we had electricity and <laughs> that was it, right? So I was um, building up my classes. My classes were growing. And I, I was like, I got to the point where I had like, I had my students on one side getting ready for Capoeira and had some little heavy bags kind of hanging. So I was gonna I was gonna work on a heavy bag, let my students kind of warm class up, you know, 
So they're doing their thing and I'm on the heavy bag and do whatever, just kind of playing around about to. And I see this guy, cause we had the doors open because, and we lived like the, the school was like in this like martial arts triangle. Like it was us, then it was like this Taekwondo school across the street. And then a few places down there was like a uh, kettlebell, uh, Wing Chun, like Moyat, Moyat Fat, Wing Chun style, you know, right, 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 right next door to us, right? So there was lots of martial arts going on, right? So I see this guy, this, this girl, you know, they're like look a little lost and they're like, hey, we're looking for, you know, Sensei Clark. And I'm like, I don't know a Sensei Clark. And they're like, oh, well, you know, hey, what you guys doing over there? I was like, oh, we're just doing a capoeira, you know, doing some capoeira, blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? Capoeira? Yeah, okay. Now, Monty, this was after um, this was after Ong, this was after Ong Bak and uh, that Ong Bak 2 came out, right? So you never back okay. down. Never back down is what you're trying to say. No, no, no. This was Ong Bak. That part hadn't even come out yet. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Ong Bak had just come out too, right? The one when he fought fought uh, Latif, right? So okay, I was like, sure, yeah, you guys can come in and hang out for a little bit, right? And so there, my 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 students are starting off class. I'm I'm by the heavy bags, and he's like, yeah, you know, um, yeah. So I train, um, I train Muay Thai and yada yada yada. I was like, oh okay. I was like, that's really cool. I was like, yeah, I got friends that do Muay Thai, blah blah blah. You know, yeah, it's beautiful art, love it. And he's just talking. And, and sometimes I get moments where I act like John, right? I usually don't, but I get moments where I act like John. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, so I would love, you know, sometime to like, to like spar, you know, like I wonder how Capueta and, and Muay Thai would like look in a sparring match. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, hmm. I was like, well, shit, I'm not really doing anything right now. Do you, would you like to spar? And he's like, oh, really? He's like, you know, really, you want to spar? I was like, I mean, sure. Why? I mean, hell, why not? He's like, well, I don't have any gear. And I said, like, oh, it's fine. I mean, it's whatever. You know, we go light, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He goes and he gets his girlfriend. And I swear, this is right before, this is when YouTube was first coming out, right? So YouTube was like a thing, but it wasn't like what it is today. This fool sat up with his girlfriend. She sat her down. I put out suit. I was trying to be nice. Like, here, have a seat. You guys make yourself at home. They sat out with the cameras. And they were, I was about to be a, a Capoeira KO video on YouTube is what it was going to be. That's what it was going to be. Um, but at that day, that point in time, um, it, it was, I was, I was fortunate, I guess, or whatever the case may be. Uh, that that video has not been put on YouTube anywhere because I had to show him a few things about what it what it looks like when you when you do it, and I just it it, it just was it was funny just kind of like I, I think that was like that that watershed moment in those in the culture where okay I'm gonna document my I'm gonna doc like ask me first if you gonna if you gonna kick my ass on camera you know at least like hey do you mind if I film this and we can put it up on YouTube. At least give me the 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 respect to ask me before you shame me. You know my you broadcast my ass whipping to the world because that's exactly what he was gonna do. Um, had he had things had gone his way, but yeah, I had to. I mean, I was fortunate. Like I like I said, I had that I had that John glow that day. You know what I'm saying? At the you made him eat, eat the mat, didn't you? Say it again. You made him eat the mat, didn't you? Or the concrete, I should say. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, like, and I, 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 made, I made certain that I, fought, I made certain that I fought him from a jinga just so that it would be so it would be apparent. So that you can say I wasn't using anything else. Fought him from a jinga just to like just to show, you know, what I'm saying? just to show that that's that's what it was. And 
I was very fortunate. I was glad, but you know, hey, had it gone bad, it would have been okay. But again, it's just like you never know when that's going to happen. When you have to show and prove. But fortunate, I made a good showing, and I, to my knowledge, that video is not up on YouTube. Me getting my ass beat and nothing like that. So you know, hey. Well, because you didn't get your ass beat. That's <laughs> I know, but he definitely wanted to put it up there, man. Him and his girl, they were like. <laughs> And I have one more thing. I mentioned this to uh, Santanu, and you guys may be familiar with him. Um, the, the guy by the name of Steve Muhammad. Um, yeah. So um, I don't know if you yeah, guys saw Brother Steve, before. good people, good people. Yes, 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 yeah. Because that was one of the things that uh, when I was talking to Santanu about, um, that was a good reflection of the Black experience in martial arts. You know what I mean? He spoke candidly about his experience, you know, and, and you know, we do shine, uh, I think we talked about it earlier, how we are very, very much uh, duplicated or try to, you know what I mean? Try to see how we think. But I think, you know, it goes beyond, you know, it's our skill, it's our spirit, but it's, it, it, there is something, I think, not understand genetically about us, but we're predisposed to certain elements, the way that we are, you know what I mean? And we can express that through our, our actions, our activity, through our art. And that goes through all the types of art that we do, you know, from music to, you know, to what we do, you know what I mean? Our attachment to our body was always an instrument. And for some reason, we have this innate ability to express that as an instrument, you know what I mean? And then, and then take that and then expound it in different ways. The stuff that we create out of nowhere, you know what I mean? The rose that comes through the concrete, that's kind of like what we are because it seemed like for every single one of us, we got that 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 <laughs> that drop of water to make us blossom. You know, we took every ounce of it, and we became this 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 thing of art and beauty ourselves. And we reflect that, you know, and we we carry about. It. And what's so I always say this about us, right? So, you know, all of us are black, but we have a different experience, a different diversity, because it's like. You know, it's like everyone can hunt food, but someone may not know the right food to hunt. So, but then someone has to cook it. You know what I mean? Someone has to clean. So we all have our our, our methodologies of coming into the whole, you know, and, and what we're doing, we're, we're a reflection of ourselves. Like, uh, you know, Demond said, we you know, we have so many uh, shades of us, you know what I mean? And all of us as a representation. So we represent this as a martial arts, you know? And I think sometimes, you know, I, I forget myself because I just carry myself around as I don't forget that I'm black, but I, I forget the threat that I have if people were understanding how how deep I am to this because I change modes, you know, just like you guys are talking about. It's a switch that we do. We can be personable, but when the shit hits a fan, we're ready for it in our demeanor and the way we approach it. It has that directness like, you know, there's no that's what I was talking about this this walk around of people that want to grab this martial arts like we have, they don't understanding when it's a fight, it's a fight. I have my friends and my family that comes over. We've done a few times a little knife drill. It's like the shank drill. They're like, okay, how do you do a knife fight? I'll say, okay, here's how it's gonna go. And when I start doing the little short pokes, and if they're expecting this like here. It, it That's changes, exactly what it is though. That's what it is. That's you know, it, it changes their mind. And, and I think people see the glory of it. They see the glory of it, but they don't see the realness of it. And then I have to step myself away. I mean, I can see it now, even today, the Tai Chi folks are getting knocked out left, right, and center because they don't really approach it and understanding for what fighting really is. You know? Uh, yeah, you guys, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Mike. Brother, brother Mike, you, you hit that right on the head. 
what's being taught now is the glory of it, the flowery piece, you know, the art of it, you know, that's why they call it martial arts. You know, there's an art piece of it. And then there's the martial piece of it. The martial piece is the combat piece. The art piece is the self-expression, the, your view of it, the, the pretty stuff, which I think is great. Like you see the Chinese wushu, you know, that stuff is amazing. The athletic ability, all the stuff they do. Would you even remotely try to put that in kind of situation? Hell no, no way. You know, no way. But the athletic ability is, is real. You know, the conditioning is real. And it goes back to something that brother, uh, either brother John said, I think brother John said it, but like when you look at MMA, those guys are physical specimens and they, you know, they throw them things. But at the end of the day, it's a human cockfight. They're just, you know, it's, it's just street stomping. You know, it's like back when we all grew up in the hood, it's, you know, jolly stomping. You remember that? Pick a guy, body slam him, then he start just cracking his head in the ground. That's, that's what that is. And to be honest, that, you know, the grappling is great. The stand-up is great. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, let me get this fool on his back and just stomp him to death. You know what I mean? Um, so when we want to really look at martial arts, like when we do our forms in Kung Fu and a brother, a son who can vouch for this, that's just an encyclopedia. That's what that is. That's what a form is. It's an encyclopedia of movements. Then what you do, well, this is what I do. I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself. You break that form down and you take pieces of the form out and you're like, okay, now let me practice this combatively. Let me get on the wooden dummy. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, let me do the iron palm. Let me get the brick. Boom, 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 boom. And get all that conditioning. Now that's the combat piece of it. But at the end of the day, if you're just doing forms and you're not knowing why you're doing the forms, it's useless. You know, it's an encyclopedia of movements so it doesn't die. In that sequence of choreographed movements, the combat is there. You just have to pull it out and train it. I'm gonna, sorry. Yeah, I'll go next. Yeah, I'm on, okay. Yeah, so I, I wanna jump on piggyback off of that. First, Mike, I was gonna say, um, and this is like specifically to you, uh, judging by the video that you posted and the way Santino speaks of your 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 push hand, your tai chi, like that 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 understanding is very much needed because you know tai chi, like capoeira, is one of those arts that people kind of sleep on. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't really understand what it what it looks like when it when it's when it's supposed to be doing its thing you know what i'm saying so like i want to like encourage you to to keep doing what you're doing because like that skill that skill and sensitivity like if you take that because because i mean what it boils down to and this is maybe an oversimplification on my part you know because i i think that like wrestling is like our is like our is, as humans is like our natural our natural fighting fighting you know what i'm saying you find wrestling around the world i mean you as mammalians you'll find wrestling the way animals fight is 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 through through grappling and like an art like tai chi teaches so much about s structure and breaking structure and that and it's it's a, the, the thing that gets caught is like it's a soft skill not like in wrestling where we're doing a lot of hard quick explosive movements but it's a real soft, subtle understanding of body positioning. And like that type of understanding like is so crucial. And just wanted to encourage you to keep keep going on with that. Go ahead, Brother Azim. 
Hey, sorry to interrupt you guys, and I don't mean to, this is kind of off subject, and I don't have definite proof of this, but our dear brother, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, just passed on. So, oh, you know, rest in peace, man. So I just wanted to, since we're talking about black martial artists, and Marvin Hagler was an idol of mine, man. I don't know about y'all. He won that fight against Sugar Ray Leonard, goddammit. You know what I mean? So, you know, that that's my personal opinion. Yeah, he just passed on, so I just wanted to relay that to you, brothers. Yeah, Thank you, man. I, yeah, 2020, 2020 and 2021 is not not right. has been no mercy on on us at all. None of exactly. Exactly. Somebody go check on Stevie Wonder because that dude is old too, and we need him. There's a lot. There's a lot of folks that I, I'm like, man, like that. It's it's getting it's getting close. It's getting close. Marvel. I love Marvel. Marvel Hagler. He's one of my. Favorite oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You talk about pound for pound fighter. Yeah. For real. Man. Dude, I remember when he fought Thomas Hearns back in the eighties. They fought. Yeah, I, I was about to say Hearns. Oh man, you talk about some excuse this term, but I'm gonna use it. Some niggas scrapping. Oh, 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 forget it. Yeah, round one. I, Tommy I, I, Hearns. I sorry, oh, Hearns had that look, man. Like you know, he man, he had that look that he would eat your children, man. Yes, exactly. You know, nobody that tall with that kind of Jerry curl. You don't do it. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, you don't end up there because his eyes was always wide as hell. Yeah, like, huh. uh, I just I wanted to say um, for any anybody listening, uh, we we talked a lot about fighting and martial arts, and I just want to say that if you are currently taking a uh, uh, in a martial arts style form that is mostly physical movements and, and, ex, and ex expression and may not be considered a, a more combative type of art. If that's what you want to do, do it. There's all types of, of arts and all of them are great. They're, yeah. they're, they're good for different reasons. I want to do some so that I can condition. I want to. I might go over there for this, and I want to do this because I, I want to learn how to use my to kick above uh, the groin. Because my teacher told me if I want to kick somebody in the head, break a leg, and then when they get down low enough, that's when you kick them in the head. And I was like, "What kind of shit is that? That's not what Bruce Lee did in the movie." But you know, that's what you know. So, so you know, you get that discipline. You get this discipline over here and that over there. If 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 you just want to learn, I mean, if you want to learn a martial art, respectively. To be able to defend yourself, there are places for that. Neither is bad, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I hope we didn't. If I hope nothing we said make made any martial arts seem foul. No, no uh, yeah, and I was gonna bring that up too. Every martial art has something very valuable to add. You know what I mean? All martial arts, in my opinion, are beautiful. It's just what goal are you trying to meet? What are you trying to do? Everybody has their like. Brother Demond said, everyone on this panel said it. We all have our our own goals, right? You know, so, you know, it's no martial art is inferior and no martial art is superior. So, you know, it all depends on the practitioner, you know, because, you know, I saw Brother Mike's videos, his Tai Chi, man, and, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's clapping fools. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, 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 and the thing is, it's just, it's, it, it's the individual you know, it's the individual. People say, well, this martial art doesn't have a response to jujitsu or jujitsu doesn't have a response to 
every martial art has a response. How deep are you training your, your system? Yeah. How deep, so, you know? Go ahead. I'm sorry, sorry, bro. Sorry. And I just wanted to say, and, and the reason why I singled out Mike, sorry. Okay. And the reason why I singled out Mike when I said this is because, it, because again, like Tai Chi, like Capoeira, is one of those arts that people usually sleep on as far as like what what the benefits of it are and for someone and then on the on the flip side of that you got people who who's and it's one thing if you got a balanced perspective right you know it's like back in the days hip-hop i'm gonna show my age now right hip-hop you had all kinds of stuff right you got people talking about parties and people talking about this, you got people talking about what's going on in the neighborhood, you got people talking about girls and how they got their heart broken. You had this like balance and it was cool because there was something for everybody. And if you were feeling like, you know, you wanted something hard, you can go get something hard. You wanted something to make you laugh, you can go find something to make you laugh. I think that what happens is that when people only think like Tai Chi is like something that old people do or like Capoeira is something that people just do when they just want to dance and shake their ass or you know, whatever the case may be, since if there's not a balanced perspective out there of what of what the potential, the true potential of the art is, I wanted to encourage Mike to keep doing what he's doing um, with 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 his training, Agreed. with his Agreed. yeah, you know, because that's you know when I'm thinking about because I'm always listening for grappling uh, or arts that teach that type of sensitivity of the body, and it's like. I had a guy come to watch, he was like a, a Kung Fu practitioner and he was watching like my Capoeira class. And, you know, we do a lot of like leg sweeps and a lot of like, there's this kind of way we interact with our bodies kind of like looking, you know, to like find position and, you know, find places where we can trip and sweep and whatever else. And he was like, yeah, he's like, man, I was watching y'all. Like, he's like, it was, it, was, it was good Kung Fu. And then, you know, when he was talking about that and explaining to me what it, what, you know, Kung, what Kung Fu meant. You know, and it's not just like the style, you know, the martial art, but it's like the the quality of movement, the qual you know, it was it was something that was deeper than just mastery oh, and supreme point. skill. Right, right, exactly. And so like I just wanted to encourage Mike to keep doing what he's doing because it's his voice and he I'm not sure how much pushback he may be receiving in his community, but I received a lot of pushback when I was like promoting Capoeira as a fighting art. But make that make that go harder. Make that be the reason why you go harder. Yes. Yeah. You get this pushback of all this bullshit. Nah, man. Make that make you go harder. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I'll, and I'll say this uh, really quickly because what happened in my experience, and this ties to maybe you know not necessarily directly race related, but I was singled out a lot by teachers. Um, it's like my interest and my my drive was like, oh, well, come here. Like one of the best moments was at a party among after a seminar and the guy who teaching the party, uh, I mean, who taught the seminar didn't speak much English, but you know, my teacher and I like sidetracked from the party was in the garage. He came over there and it's like, hey, let me sh show you this. But it's only because he saw the interest earlier on. And a lot of my experience was side experience because they were teaching it so consistent with everyone else that had the basic, oh yeah, I wanna learn Tai Chi, I wanna do this. It was just that, that little extra thing of like, oh, oh, you fight with this stuff? Oh, you're gonna yeah. use this to fight? Uh, <laughs> it, it was a different kind of interest. And so the people would, would, would single me out. So my, it kind of sped my track, but it goes back to also what John was talking about before, it was a lot of traditional training. 
pick up a sledgehammer, do these exercises, you know, take this big pole, you got to do this like this many times, you know, hold this like this, you know, you don't get people, and that's what I was talking about earlier about having the people to see the glory of it, but they don't want to put it into work and get the yeah. result that they want. But then they'll, they'll put that onto, oh, well, you're just physically better, or you're just, I get this even to this day from people, oh, you're just, I just started doing jujitsu uh, two days ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the guy's like, oh man, oh man, you got, you're picking up this real fast. And I said, well, yeah, I, I did Tai Chi before, you know, but on the sideline, I have my, my girlfriend's son who's sitting there and it's like, dang, Mike, how, how, you, know, you just know how to do this. I was like, no, I put in the work and the effort. I didn't start off like this. I got video of, of me starting off where I look so horrible, like so uncoordinated, so unrhythmic. But my teacher also said to me when he first saw me, the very first day, he said, oh, you want to learn Bagua from me? Let me see your Tai Chi. I start Tai Chi. His exact words. And your Tai Chi is crap. (laughs) 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 Your Tai Chi is crap. We'll work on that first before we do anything. You know, but people don't see that part of it. We're we're reflective of what we've, of our past. And to try to get people to, and I tell people, I'm not going to let you walk my path. I'm going to show you and connect you to you what you have. And so Tai Chi fit my nature because I'm a passive dude. You know, but see, that's that, so, that's really cool you say that, Mike. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt. I did. I just don't want to lose this thought. Now you said something that was really awesome. You know how the teacher said, "Hey, your Tai Chi is crap." Now for most people, that would just destroy them to where they would not want to train. Right. But we as martial artists, you got to take that constructive criticism like that. If you're really trying to reach that goal to get really, really good or get really proficient in what you do, sometimes these cats, they have no filter. And they're going to be like, oh, man, that's bullshit. You suck. You got to do blah, blah, blah. I've heard that plenty of times. You know what I mean? But it didn't hurt my heart to the point where it's like, oh, man. You know, I, I was like, okay, well, let's let's improve. Let's fix it. So I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was really cool. No, uh, yeah, no. With, with with my students when I'm doing fight car, I, yeah, I know Sanu, we need to go. Sorry, I, go, I for go for it. Go for it. left or ten minutes, but I just want to say with my students when I have all of my students uh, uh, doing stuff and uh, they're all working at the same time, what I'll do is I'll be like, all right, you know, this guy does this better than you know, this guy is is best at doing this part of the fight. This guy is best at doing this part of the fight, and blah and so on and so forth. Let's get you here where he is there, and let's and let's and you look at him and what he's doing here, and let's get you over here where he is, and then both of you will be able to do both halves. The, you know, so it's like there's a, there's there's constructive criticism. There's you know, and I will you know say crap and shit and stuff like that too. But it's like, well, but you did this, I right. you know, <laughs> you know. But anyway, that's yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for such an amazing chat. We that was two hours that just flew by. We could easily do two more. Um, if you guys are down, part two, part two, part two. I was gonna say, let's yes, do this please. again. Let's do yes, this again, please, man. Yes, brother. Um, thank you guys and, so much for doing. Yeah, that. no, thank you. If I said anything that may have offended you, brothers, or offended anything, that was not my intention. I'm just, no, you know, I'm gonna be honest, and, and brother uh, Sinetu will tell you, I have no filter, bro. None. I love that. And I like it. And that's what's important is having a space um, to speak your mind and speak your truth. And that's like part of family is um, we don't always have to agree. We and it may not always be pretty when we talk. But at the end of the day, if somebody comes through the door, they dealing with all of us. And so, you know, that's my family's just got a little bit bigger today. Yeah, so that's that's real talk. So like, yeah, no, speak, speak, no, yeah, it's all good. 
It's all good. Nice, man. Yeah. Hey, thank you all so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this very soon. So thank you guys very much for this. Yeah. Hey, but one, one thing, brother, brother, you may want to bleep out the, the N-word. <laughs> bleep out the N-word stuff. I was just kind of getting a little... <laughs>